It's us again at D-List of the Podcast. I'm Michael Kay. And I'm Allison. Because this year is absolute trash and continues to be absolute trash, we're starting this episode with another tribute to those who died last week and over the weekend. Mm-hmm. I wrote three obits on D-List of the Site this weekend alone, and Adam, um, one of our writers, he wrote another obit. So it was just this weekend. So it was just sad after sad. Yeah. So Peter Green, a member of the OG Fleetwood Mac, died in his sleep. He was 73. John Saxon, who played Nancy's father in the first Nightmare on Elm Street and was also an Enter the Dragon, died of pneumonia. He was 83. Legendary drag queen Lady Red Couture, who co-hosted the popular internet show Hey Queen, um, died of complications from a very horrible-sounding disease called Cyclical Vomiting Syndrome. She was only 43. Um, Olivia de Havilland, a two-time Oscar winner for Best Actress, an activist, a pioneer, a forever member of the Not the One Club, died in her sleep at her home in Paris. She just turned 104 earlier this month, so she lived a very long and very amazing life. Michael, when you sit, when you call Olivia de Havilland a pioneer, I know that you mean like a pioneer in Hollywood, but... She could have probably been a legitimate pioneer, too. She was 104 years old. I think that's pioneer times. Yeah, I think so, yeah. She, <laughs> yeah. And Reach, Reach. So Reach's <laughs> Philbin died of natural causes. He was about a month away from turning 89. Um, I don't have to tell you about Reach's career. I mean, he's got the Guinness World Record for the most hours on television. That's, and that's he, nuts, by the way. Yeah, he it's like 16,000 hours plus. Yeah. And he and Kathy Lee Gifford were an important part of my childhood because they were my oh. sick day and summertime nannies. Same, same. I watched them all the time with my mom. Yeah, so that one was a, a, a big one. So mm-hmm. rest in peace to them all. Mm-hmm. And now let's move on from some sad news to some happy news for some. Yes. And also speaking of television, these people have not clocked nearly the hours that Regis Philbin has clocked on television, but you know, they've clocked more hours than you or I. So that's speak for yourself. Yeah. You know what? Actually, I should probably home videos count. Mm -hmm. Pornhub counts. No, I'm not on Pornhub yet. (laughs) In this economy, we may be getting there, but an OnlyFans, (laughs) only one fan. I'll lose money. Um, so the Emmy nominations were nominated. I was going to say nominated. The Emmy nominations were presented this morning, um, at, for the first time ever, they weren't read off at like 530 in the morning. Like it feels like they normally are. I know that it's not that early, but it it usually is that early, right? I know the Oscars are really early. The The Oscars Oscars are are like five o'clock for me. The Emmys, I think, they used to do them, I think, like on one of the morning shows, like Good Morning America or something. So it was a little later, like eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it isn't like the crack of dawn. But we were, I mean, I had messaged you this morning and I was like, the Emmy nominations have not been revealed yet. And it was kind of closing it on lunchtime for me, which felt very strange. But you know what? It's COVID 
right now and everything is a little bit weird, which is also why the Emmy nominees were uh, presented like a Zoom call. Um, so it was um, it was hosted. I want to say hosted, but it's like the weirdest hosting because it was just Leslie Jones in the middle of like a giant green screen. So Leslie Jones kind of hosted the nom- nominations. She was also helped out with by Laverne Cox and Josh Gad and Tatiana Maslany, who were all recording from the oh, respective man. homes. Uh, so of course, because it was basically a Zoom call, there were tons of delays and people couldn't hear stuff and they couldn't see things. At one point in time, Tatiana Maslany um, read out a nomination and she couldn't see the TV show that they were for. So she was just kind of like, and Mark Ruffalo. Or... Yeah, I think she finally... Yeah. Well, and then there was another part where... So um, Laverne Cox was nominated for Guest Actress in a Comedy for Orange is the New Black. Mm-hmm. And Laverne... Uh, Leslie Jones was trying to tell her that mm-hmm. she was nominated. And there was like this bit that went on forever. And Laverne's like, what? She didn't understand. And Leslie Jones is like, you're a nominee. First of all, Laverne, you just won. <laughs> no, you have a nominee, girl. You nominated for Guest Actress on a show. Yes. Really? Actress. Wait, what? Yes, Actress. You've been nominated. You've been nominated. You've been nominated. Uh, You've been nominated. You've been nominated. You've been nominated! Yes, girl! Wait. Yes, girl! Wait, hold up. This whole thing was set up for you. And it was such a mess. Okay, I thought it was a legitimate bit at first where I was like, oh, they're doing a stupid gag where it's like, you know, like she's like, you're nominated. What? You're nominated? I can't hear you. But then I was like, no, I think her connection is actually really Yeah, they couldn't hear each other. Like, I was like, someone call in. Somebody call Laverne Cox and let her know that she was nominated. Text her. So, um... Lots of shows took home lots of nominations. I guess they don't take home the nominations. What was the number one show nominated? Watchmen? Yes. So technically it was Watchmen. So if you count primetime Emmys plus the creative arts Emmys, um, Watchmen was nominated for 26 Emmys. Um, and then if you're just counting like primetime Emmys, I think it was a tie between Watchmen and Succession. And they got 11 nominations. Neither of which I watch. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't. I mean, I saw the Watchmen movie that came out like 10 years ago, but that doesn't count. Um, And I only know of Succession from like the memes online. And I know the theme song of Succession. Yeah, I don't even know that. I know the memes, but yeah. I know that um, Macaulay Culkin's brother is on it. Fuller, who drinks too much Pepsi and what's the bet is on Succession. That's all you really need to know about Succession. Yeah, I know everything I need to know now. Exactly. So thank you. <laughs> a lot along with um, Succession in the drama co- category, the following TV shows were nominated for Best Drama. So, Better Call Saul, The Crown, The Handmaid's Tale, The Mandalorian, aka Baby Yoda, Ozark, Stranger Things, Succession, and Killing Eve. Michael, I know that you watch Killing Eve, don't you? I don't watch that. You don't? I thought you did. No, I don't watch that. I think I tried. Okay. I know everyone always gets on me for not watching that, but I've I've watched a couple episodes. But like The Mandalorian got something like 15 nominations and not even one for, like you said, Baby Yoda. And yeah, ba- Baby Yoda is the only reason I know that The Mandalorian exists. 
Yeah, does anyone care about The Mandalorian? I mean, I know lots of people care about The Mandalorian. <laughs> that was a rhetorical question. I know that lots of people do. And there's lots of, like, really cool guest stars on The Mandalorian. So, like, I think I should, I would be in Well, it's all, but... it's, it's all about Baby Yoda. Like, he carries yeah. that show on his back. He's the Heather Locklear of the Star Wars series. It's true. And Michael, he literally can carry the show on his back because he is a Jedi and he can lift things with his mind, even though he's a baby. Yeah, he can do it. And it's I don't a, even like Baby Yoda. I don't agree with that statement. Yeah, no, yeah, that, it's controversial. I'm about to go I'm about to go leave a one-star review on our podcast. Michael said he didn't like Baby Yoda. <laughs> but even I can admit like he was the moment for a mm-hmm. moment. So yeah, Baby Yoda was robbed. He was robbed, but he's going to show up at the Emmys because I mean, the Emmys is going to be a Zoom call, so they can they have the technology to make that happen. Yeah, that's true. So in terms of comedy series, here's what was nominated for Best Comedy. Curb Your Enthusiasm, Dead to Me, a.k.a. the Christina Applegate um, TV show. The Good Place, Insecure, The Kominsky Method, Schitt's Creek, What We Do in the Shadows, and The Marvelous Mrs. Meisel. So a lot of things that are kind of, I hate to use the word predictable, but I mean, Curb Your Enthusiasm and Mrs. Meisel are very predictable. Yeah, we knew that was going to happen. And I don't know who's going to win out of either of those categories. Like, I can't even... Normally, you know, when there would be years where you're like, oh, the Sopranos are nominated. Well, they're definitely going to win. I don't know who's going to win for any of these. It's just like a big toss-up to me. I'm going to say, is this Schitt's Creek last season that they count for Emmys? Yes. Okay, then I'm going to say they're going to win. And Catherine O'Hara is probably going to win because she's nominated for Best Actress in a Comedy. Yes. She strongly deserves it. Yeah, the others, I'm not sure. But I think she will win and the show will win. And maybe I think Dan Levy might win. Who's he up against? Not Baby Yoda, so he's going to (laughs) win. Yeah, no, actually, you know what? I don't have the list here in front of me because he's nominated for Best Supporting in a Comedy, I believe. Yeah. And his daddy, Eugene Levy, is nominated for Best Best Actor Actor in a Comedy, which I don't know if he's going to win, but maybe he will. The eyebrows have it. Okay, so moving on. Um... Limited series, which people, I mean, there's such a line for me between limited series and, like, comedy and drama. Because don't you remember, like, let's say 10 years ago, 15 years ago, all the comedy and dramas were ones that you could watch on a TV with an antenna. And, like, limited series, miniseries were all ones that you had to know somebody who had cable. What? Okay, so, like... No, like, limited series to me, like, when I was a kid was, like, um, like, the Thornbirds. You know, like movies of the week and then they kind of sometimes I they went on for a few weekends okay I can kind of see that see I'm talking more like John like miniseries miniseries like to me a miniseries is HBO oh yeah no there was like network miniseries because we didn't have cable yeah like the Thornbirds and shit like that right but I guess what I'm trying to say is like now because everything is kind of on a streaming service a limit and limited series now aren't like it's not a miniseries where it's like a six episode Limited series are basically just TV series as well. Yeah, it's just a new word. Like, Big Little Lies is considered a limited series when, girl, it's a series. It, yeah, how many seasons have there been? Two? two. Three? Yeah. Ten? To me, a limit, possibly. there's been two seasons. <laughs> but to me, it's like a limited series should be like one season. It's limited. <laughs> anyway, here's what's, here's what's nominated for limited series. Little Fires Everywhere, Mrs. America, Unbelievable, unorthodox and watchmen so that's where watchmen comes in even though watchmen's totally gonna have another season and have probably like six other seasons but 
It's unlimited series. And then reality is the masked singer, which I have I have questions about how that got nominated. I know it's amazing. It should get nominated. <laughs> I, I mean it's so fuck it's so fucking it. weird. Yeah, I don't like it. It makes me feel sick. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like when those animals sing. <laughs> okay, also nailed it. RuPaul's Drag Race, Top Chef, and The Voice. And we all know that like RuPaul um has swept the category for host for the past four years and drag race has won how many years in a row now two maybe three Three? i don't know yeah two or three yeah so it'll probably win this year as well but anyways um so obviously you can you know you can find all the nominees online because they're everywhere but here are some notable nominations that People are like, oh, okay. So Jennifer Aniston was nominated for The Morning Show for Best Actress in a Drama. And of course, people are like pointing out that like Reese Witherspoon was not nominated for an Emmy, even though. Yeah, because, well, she was not nominated for an acting Emmy because like her her production company was nominated for Emmys, but she like, she had Little Fires Everywhere and Kerry Washington was nominated, but she was not. Mm -hmm. She has Big Little Lies. She was not nominated. Mm -hmm. She had, like you said, The Morning Show. She was not nominated. nominated. And I've seen them all and I agree (laughs) with them because she was not, yeah. I look, I love Reese Witherspoon as well, but Reese Witherspoon in like all three of those was kind of just playing herself. Well, and the morning show, the morning show sucks, but Jennifer Aniston was good for Jennifer Aniston in that. How dare you? <laughs> but Reese Witherspoon, like, her wig was so horrible. It was like, knock off Margot Kidder as Lois Lane wig. It was so raggedy. And she obviously approved that wig. So no, she didn't deserve to um, get nominated. Yeah, that... That wig was yucky. I didn't yeah, like it. That was her downfall. That wig was her downfall. Lord Jean Poon's downfall was that wig. And she's a producer on that show. She should have stepped back and said, this wig is ugly. I refuse to put this wig on my head. I'm a producer. I'm calling in a new wig. And she didn't. So, okay. So this is Jennifer Aniston's first drama nomination ever. She's only ever been nominated for comedy. And the last time she was nominated was 2004. So people are like, oh, wow, that's something. Um, Nicole Byer was has been nominated for um best host of a reality series she's the first um black female reality host that has ever been nominated um the show rami i'm scared i'm pronouncing that wrong i don't know if it's rami i haven't watched it so i'm gonna say rami um it's the first muslim american comedy to be nominated for an emmy ever ted danson this year beat his own record for most leading actor in a comedy nom nominees so he had 13 he's at now at 14 so he's the he's been nominated the most and if zendaya wins um best actress in a drama for euphoria she'll be the youngest woman ever to win she'll be 24 when the uh, emmys happen well i hope she does win because i i loved her in euphoria but someone speaking of snubs someone who was snubbed was um Alexa Demi, who plays Maddie Perez in Euphoria, she was snubbed because she her delivery of the hooker line at the carnival deserved all the Emmys. Yeah, I'm not supposed to be here right now because I'm dressed like a hooker and none of you like me. But I just wanted to say congratulations. Maddie, get out of here. Well, justice for Alexa. So my snub 
is such a boring one. It's going to make me sound so boring. I don't care. I'm just going to lean into who I am as a person. So tons of people were nominated for the crown, right? So the queen was Mm -hmm. nominated for the crown. Yeah. And Princess Margaret was nominated for the crown. Okay. The people who played them, not the actual ones. Prince Philip, who is played by Tobias Menzies in the latest version of the crown. So it's like, you know how the crown like aged up. It's like the crown, the new class. Anyways, he didn't get a nomination for best actor or best supporting actor. And he really deserves it because most of his acting was done with his face. Like not any of the words. Oh, no, lines. He didn't say lines. No, he had lines. But like most of his best acting was done with his face. Because he just looked disgusted so often. And it really did make me feel like a young 1960s era Prince Philip was looking disgusted at something. So Tobias Menzies, you have won the Emmy, the metaphorical Emmy. In Allison's heart. heart. Yeah. yeah. Well, another sub from snub for me was uh, Angelica Ross, who played Candy in Pose. Mm-hmm. She was snubbed. Um, Merritt Weaver from Unbelievable, which I always wrongly pronounce as Unbelievable. She was snubbed. And Unbelievable, I thought they were going to get more, but I don't think anyone watched it. So, Well, did you watch it? Yeah. Yeah, me too. I honestly, when I was watching it, I thought, like, this is going to be the show that completely sweeps the Emmys. Yeah, and it did not. So Mm -hmm. justice for Tobias, justice for Alexa, justice for Angelica, justice for Unbelievable. Okay, so let's move on from the Emmys to something that will probably win a ton of Grammys and maybe even an Emmy if they make a Lifetime movie out of one of the songs, which is possible. I'm still waiting for the Lifetime movie of Goodbye Earl, by the way. Well, in the meantime, you could probably just watch the show My Name is Earl. No, thank No. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> so we're talking about the Chicks, formerly known as the Dixie Chicks. Um, and I wanted to talk about this story because I love, love, love their new album, Gaslighter. I listen- Have you heard it? I have not listened to it yet. Listen to it. I listen to it every day. Um, every I day? Love, yeah, every day. Sometimes twice a day. Sometimes because I love the chicks and I love a good revenge album. Like revenge and rage. Like this is their lemonade. This is their jagged little pill. So Gaslighter has a lot of songs about um, a cheating slut of a husband who does his wife wrong and everyone who knows about Natalie Maine's personal life knows that she's probably singing about her ex-husband. I mean, it's pretty obvious. So Natalie was married to actor Adrian Pastar. He was in Heroes, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So they got married in 2000. They split in 2017. They have two teenage sons together. So their divorce was a mess, and they mostly fought over money, since Natalie has a lot more. So he was trying to fight the validity of their prenup, and he wanted 60000 a month um, in child and spousal support and claimed he was going broke. So they fought about that. They finally settled things, and their divorce was finalized last year. That brings us to Gaslighter. So I'm going to read some of these lyrics for you. Okay. And, you know, just they're totally not about Adrian Pastar, but I'm going to read it to you. So this sure. is from the song Gaslighter. Sure. This could be about anyone. Anybody. Universal um, application. We moved to California and followed your dreams. I believe the promise you made to me. Swore that night till death do us part, but you lie, 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 lied. 
Hollywood welcomed you with open doors. No matter what they gave you, you still wanted more. Totally not about Adrian. No. So another lyric from Gaslighter. You thought I wouldn't see it if you put it in my face. Give you all my money, you'll gladly walk away. You think it's justifiable. I think it's pretty cruel. And you know you lie best when you lie to you. Because boy, you know exactly what you did on my boat. (laughs) And boy, that's exactly why you ain't coming home. Save your tired stories for your new someone else. Because they're lie, 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 lies. Totally not about Adrian. No. And and this one is from my favorite song on the album, uh, Sleep at Night is the song. So Natalie sings, My husband's girlfriend's husband just called me up. How messed up is that? It's so insane that I have to laugh. But then I think about our two boys trying to become men. There's nothing funny about that. So she gets specific. I love how specific it is, too, because it's like, this could be anything. It has nothing to do with anything. And she's like, she's like, you took her to my boat, which is docked at 1213 Pacific Avenue in 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 the in spot number 36. I pay a monthly rental on that boat. <laughs> yeah, that was probably in the in one of the later verses and they cut it because yeah, like, she gets very wordy. specific. <laughs> so there's a lot more, including a song called Tights um, on Tights on a Boat which is about how Natalie finds her husband's side pieces tights on her boat. Um, so it's pretty much all about Adrian. But the chicks were on Howard Stern, and Natalie said that because she signed a non-disclosure agreement as part of her divorce, she can't say the songs are about him, but fans can think what they want to think. And she said her fellow chicks, Emily and Marty, have also gone through divorces, and there there's other writers on the album. So it's everybody's experience. But... Let's be real, like the album should have been called Fuck You, Adrian. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because it seems like all about him. So the gossip site, oh no, they didn't point out that fans of the chicks easily figured out who left her tights on Natalie's boat. And they think it's, drumroll, <laughs> Amanda Rigetti. Uh, I know her from this show called Reunion, this really like shitty show called Reunion, but she was also Never on... Heard of it. The Mentalist. So here's the timeline of how things went down. So Amanda and Adrian worked together on this show called Colony, a show I've never heard of, but they worked on that show together. They were on the show together for two seasons from 2016 to 2017. Now, in the song Sleep at Night, Natalie also sings the lyric, Remember you brought her to our show at the Hollywood Bowl. (laughs) She said, I love you. I'm such a fan. I joked that you can love me as long as you don't love my man. There's nothing funny about that. So we don't know if Amanda was at the Chicks show at the Hollywood Bowl, but she was at their show the next night at the Forum, which is also in Los Angeles, on October 8th, 2016. One of her co-stars from Colony posted a picture of them at the show. So Adrian and Natalie announced their split July 2017. Uh, Amanda, who was married to director Jordan Allen, she filed for divorce from him uh, in February 2017. You got with the timing. I know. Adrian and Amanda went public, like with their love, in 2018. And in April of this year, she wished him a happy birthday on Instagram. And in the comments of her post, which she has since deleted these comments, people were asking her if she left her tights on Natalie's boat. Oh, my God. The internet. (laughs) And Howard asked Natalie about the tights. 
And Natalie said that it didn't happen and said, I hate to disappoint, but that's not true. That's just fun. I didn't say there wasn't a boat involved. I'm saying they weren't tights. So, yeah. <laughs> they well, were nipple also, clamps. Nipple clamps. Yeah, but Michael, how do you forget to put those back on? That's what I think she, like, it was probably panties. And I know you love that word, Allison, so I'll say it again. Panties. Ooh. Sounds like a Sears catalog. I don't like it. But I think Amanda left it on purpose. Oh, absolutely. Allegedly. 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 No, no, no. But okay, that's what I wanted to talk to you about is because anytime something is left over, have you ever left someone's house and been like, oh no, my panties. How did I forget to put my panties back on? It's like, that's the first thing you put on. When you're naked, the first thing you reach for is underwear. Yeah. So it's like anytime anything is left over, it is on purpose unless it's something like like a toothbrush or some a toothbrush i probably wouldn't remember but clothes i would definitely remember because well, cl- clothes you wear like I, you do <laughs> yeah michael i mean like breaking news clothes are something you wear especially tights too because when it's cold out that's why i believe her when she says like it wasn't tights because when it's cold enough to wear tights you don't not wear your tights no, I'm obviously so, yeah. fo- I'm obviously focusing focusing on the the really important part of this story. Not that they were allegedly fucking, but the but the truth about what was left behind. But anyway, listen, I love I absolutely love when someone writes about their drama through song. Well, and of course Natalie Maines is. Like she I mean, she was the country artist who called out George W. Bush when Country artists, you know, didn't even think of doing that. So she doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. And it's and it's like, matter. yeah, and it's like they were fighting over money and he wanted more money. And now she's making money off of his alleged side sledding. And she made a whole song about Amanda leave or allegedly Amanda allegedly leaving panties or tights or nipple clamps or whatever on the boat. So all points go to Natalie. All petty points go to Natalie. I think we're going to have to wait and see if they release, like, um, you know, like, sometimes when artists will release, like, a second smaller album that's, like, three songs, they only release it on, like, yeah, like, Apple Music or something. We'll have to wait for that to see if there's a song called Come Pick Up Your Nipple Clamps. Yeah, I hope there is. Wouldn't it be great? (laughs) And finally, let's end this part with some granny drag, specifically uh, teens pulling some Benjamin Button schemes to get booze. So the New York Post says that kids are doing this prank for TikTok. I haven't seen it, but they're apparently doing it on TikTok. So those who are under 21 who want booze have been taking advantage of the coronavirus pandemic since everyone has to wear a mask. So what some teens have been doing is putting on a grandma mask, right? Like a mm-hmm. rubber grandma mask. And then, they, or they paint on like wrinkles, like a grandma face. Mm-hmm. And then they put like a, you know, the mask over it. So it covers half of the mask or half of their face. Right. And they act like an old person and to buy booze. So so they won't get carded because because like the clerk can't really see their face. The clerk thinks right. they're actually an old person and can't see their face. But, well, I would say that the mouth is sometimes a dead giveaway. So like having a mask in front of the mouth. Oh, that, yeah, 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 yeah. That really helps. Well, the eyes too. But The eyes have it. Yeah. So <laughs> a lot of the videos have been set to private because 
illegally buying things, you know, on videos is um, against TikTok's policies. But in one video, a girl puts on a grandma mask and then puts on, you know, her coronavirus mask and is dressed like an old lady and goes to 7-Eleven to buy four locos. Like, and she didn't get carded. Yeah, who that I mean, that to me how, would give it away. That's such a giveaway. If you're going to try to if you want to buy alcohol and have people think that you're actually a grandma, you need to be buying like um like a very large bottle of like Grand Marnier or something. Yeah, or the cheapest box of wine and some Werther's. Like make it believable. <laughs> yeah, you've got to get the add-ons. Okay, to be fair, Michael, have you watched any of these yes. videos? Okay. Can we agree that they're really convincing? Before they I weren't into, to me. The, the really ones to me, I was like, "Ooh, that's like movie makeup. Like that's you magic. think." Mm-hmm. The, I think the makeup ones were better than um, the mask one. Like, there's another one where the girl she paints wrinkles on her face mm-hmm. and she puts on a mask and she's able to buy uh, bottles of booze. And then the clerk even asks her if she needs help taking the booze to her car because they think she's. Mm-hmm. She really sold it. an old lady and then there's like others you know where they're buying wine anyways there's a few of them but the mask ones those look like masks to me the mask ones to me say if they're not getting carded it's because they've gone to like a liquor store the where the person is like oh, look i don't care okay i'm working during covid i don't give a fuck if you're a teenager dressed up as a grandma i'm gonna sell you alcohol i don't care yeah like yeah uh, but this the ma- year all bets are off yeah but uh, would you do this if you were underage? Oh, well, I mean, Michael, are we talking about like hypothetically or like legitimate high school Allison? Because legitimate I, high school Allison. No, because I was straight edge in high school. So it, for the listeners that don't know, that means that I didn't drink or do any drugs or anything like that yeah i hardly drank i don't think i ever drank yeah no so i would have been like maybe the person painting the um wrinkles on my friend but would you have dressed up as a grandma or a grandpa yeah i would just do it so i could wear pantyhose and granny panties silky (laughs) clothes so send me (laughs) but have you have you ever asked been asked by kids to buy booze no, I haven't because I think that they look at me and they're like, that one is a narc. <laughs> that's what I'm, I've never been asked either. And I don't know if that's a compliment or not. Cause I'm like, am I, do I not look cool enough for some kids to trust me? I think to be fair, let's be, let's be flattered because I think the teens go for dirt bags. They do? Well, cause the dirt bags aren't going to rat them out. The dirt yeah, bags true. are going to be like, hey, can I get one for me? And they're like, okay. But I hate these kids because I barely get carded now. And that really upsets me. So I'm going to do like the opposite. I'm going to buy like a toddler mask so I can hopefully get carded again. Allison and I are now going to go over a handful of stories, starting with Sophie Turner, who is 24 years old. And she played, who did she play in Game of Thrones? Sansa Stark. Sansa Stark. Yes. I never watched a single episode of that show, but I know that that's... And you know that? Oh my God, I'm impressed. So she welcomed her first child with her husband, Joe Jonas, who is 30 years old. She gave birth to a baby girl that they have reportedly named Willa. Willa, 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 what you want? What you want? Yeah, I know, that's what I was thinking (laughs) They never confirmed that she was pregnant, but they did confirm that she gave birth. And did they have to confirm that she was pregnant because she was photographed so many times looking... Very pregnant. 
Well, you never know. I mean, it's Corona times. We're yeah. all eating sourdough bread. It's true. I did I did push a recipe for uh, potato chip squares last week, so I'm not one to talk. But congratulations to them. However, my sincere condolences to Joe, because it's only about five years before Willa digs up an old copy of Camp Rock and asks, what the hell is this? Because A Camp masterpiece? Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen it. <laughs> it's... There's better movies out there. <laughs> so at the be- very beginning of Delisted, I would um, I'd make fun of the Jonas Brothers, and their fans used to write me hate mail, like lots of hate mail, oh, and no. they were all twelve or thirteen year old girls. So I think about how those twelve and thirteen year old girls are all grown up now. And probably have their own children, like Joe Jonas does. And so what I'm saying is that this is probably the last episode since I don't think the Wi-Fi at Shady Pines is that great. Shady Pines are wherever I'm being sent. (laughs) So Mary Von Oa, who works at The Observer, tweeted a wedding invitation she got. So the wedding invitation stated that their venue is limited in the number of guests allowed, and I'm guessing because of corona. Mm -hmm. So they split their guest list into three groups, group A, group B, and group C. Group B and group C are basically the same group. But group uh, A is VIP. So if you RSVP, if you're in group A and you RSVP, you're guaranteed a spot. Group B and C are basically on the waiting list. So if you're in group B and C and you RSVP, you have to keep checking their wedding website to see if you made the cut. And the couple also told guests to not bring their children or a plus one. And guests were told what group they were in. So Mary was in group A. She's a Mm -hmm. VIP. So fancy. I feel really bad for the people all the way down in group FU. Oh, wait, no, sorry. That's group B and C. <laughs> the odds of them getting well, in is so low. There's easier ways to handle this. There's like, just invite group A, right? Yeah. And then, you know, if they don't all RSVP, then start inviting some from group B. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's normal, right? Yeah, but honestly, though, I would want to be in group C. Because then if I did get in, like, I would know the couple doesn't really like my ass. So I could eat as much of their food, drink as much of their booze, take a centerpiece and give them a regifted gift without guilt. Michael, you're, so, not, you're not doing that already anyway? That's a good point. <laughs> David Ruprecht um, hosted Supermarket Sweep in the 90s and again in the early aughts. So episodes of Supermarket Sweep are on Netflix now, so more people are watching it. So because of this, David gets more and more Facebook requests, and people have slid into his DMs to ask for all sorts of things. So he said, um, on my cell phone, I'm getting all these pop-ups. He says (laughs) pop-ups. They keep wanting to know, how are you doing today? Where do you live? Can I get a picture with you in bare feet? And he said, as, you know, someone asking for his feet pics was one of the most bizarre requests he's ever gotten. And I'm just like, God, David, I just asked once. And I asked politely. <laughs> and I still don't have those feet pics. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it's the least he can do. Just one. You know, I mean, you and Mr. Yuck. All I could think of was, well, now we know what Mr. Yuck has been up to since he left the show. 
begging for feet pics. Do you know what I'm talking <laughs> about, Mr. Yuck? No. Okay, so remember in, like, old episodes of Supermarket Sweep, you'd be, like, going down the aisles, and then you yeah. would come in contact with, like, you'd, like, Mr. Yuck was this, like, gross dude in a gross mask, and, like, he would, like, oh, like ambush you. yeah. Anyways, I mean, maybe Mr. Yuck is a completely respectable person who's not asking for foot pics. Oh, now I want Mr. Yuck's feet pics, <laughs> actually. So, and in news you really needed to know, um, Gwyneth Paltrow was on Rob Lowe's podcast, and she talked about knowing his wife, Cheryl Burkoff, before Rob married Cheryl. So Cheryl is a makeup artist, and back in the day, she did the makeup of Gwyneth's mom, Blythe Danner, for a TV movie in Florida. Gwyneth visited the set and hung out with Cheryl a lot. Gwyneth was like 15 or 16 at the time, and Cheryl was 27 or 28. Gwyneth said that she thought Cheryl was the coolest, and partly because Cheryl was dating Keanu Reeves at the time. Um, Cheryl let Gwyneth smoke around her and also taught her how to give a blowjob. You know, classic Cheryl stuff. That's what and glass, Gwyneth said that. Classic Cheryl stuff. <laughs> and later, Gwyneth added, I, it was less about remembering the technique, although I'm sure that I implemented it the first chance I got. Like, really? Mm. Uh, and Rob and Cheryl's 23-year-old son responded to this on Twitter by saying, 2020 has been a wild ride. But this has settled it for me. I choose death by murder hornets. Oh, my God. I mean, I know it's Gwyneth Paltrow, but I feel like I would feel I'd be kind of offended if I was her because she said like she says like, oh, we used to sneak out and smoke cigarettes and stuff like that. And I'd be like offended if I was smoking with someone and they're like focusing on my mouth being like, oh, you're looking a little toothy with that cigarette. Speaking of which... Let me and Allison, I have a serious question okay. for you. Since you are an adult woman, allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. <laughs> no, you are an adult woman. My fake but... ID says I am. <laughs> Your grandma mask <laughs> says you're you're an adult woman. <laughs> but is it weird or creepy for a twenty eight year old woman to teach BJ one oh one to a sixteen year old girl? I don't know. I, because it's like to, I'm sure that there's people screaming right now being like, that's inappropriate. I There's definitely a line being crossed. I feel like Rob Lowe's wife should have been like, you need to ask your mom about that. Like, I'm not helping you out. Ask one of your little Ask friends. your mom to teach you how to... <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know what kind of mom Blythe Danner is. I don't know. But I mean, I feel like it should be... Or like, oh, she should just be like, read a book. Go to the library and like, see if you can find a book on it. Watch porn. <laughs> yeah. Find a tape. It's like back in the 80s, right? So find a VHS. They're in Florida. I mean, finding a random VHS tape of porn on the ground is probably not that hard. Yeah. Well, that's why I side-eye Cheryl. Because mm-hmm. one, Gwyneth is insufferable now. So she was probably very insufferable as a teen. And Cheryl hung out with her and taught her how to give a blowjob. And two, Cheryl went from Keanu Reeves to Rob Lowe. Mm. Like, downgrade. So classic Cheryl is a classic mess. So the British Columbia Centre for Disease Control in Canada gave its recommendations for how to practice safe sex during these times of corona. They suggest taking a shower and washing your hands before and after, uh, keep a mask on during, Avoid kissing if you can, use condoms and dental dams, and also use a barrier between you and your fuck partner, like a wall or a door (laughs) with a glory hole in it. 
Uh, New York City also made a similar recommendation last month. I Okay, so I love that they're like, try not to kiss as if they're like following like the pretty woman guide of hookups. But the down, I, look, I totally agree that like a glory hole is absolutely the safest way to have sex during Corona. Like it, it's super safe. There's a wall. But the downside is that there's going to be a lot of hurt feelings when people are still suggesting glory hole dates after coronavirus is over. They're going to be like, it's over. You can look at my face again. They're like, uh, no. no. And keep the mask on. <laughs> Even though I can't see you, please still keep it on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that uh, our CDCs are providing us with this important information. But I wish they would also provide us with the dick, too, because... I've got the mask, I've got the Purell lube, I've got the glory hole, I just need the dick. The PP and PPE. This is our new segment called Show and Tell, where Allison and I give a recommendation. So my recommendation is something I talked about last week, and I finally saw it, which is uh, Mucho Mucho Amor, the Walter Mercado documentary. Um, Walter Mercado, if you don't know was a super glamorous Puerto Rican astrologist who used to give astrology readings on TV. He was huge, 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 huge in Latin America. He died last year. I've written about him a few times, but uh, I didn't, my abuelita, I would always watch TV with her. She watched all the uh, Spanish shows and she didn't watch him religiously, Walter Mercado. Like some abuelitas watched him every night. Uh, mine didn't, but she did watch him sometime, like between her stories. And I was drawn in because I was drawn to all things glamorous and all things weird. And I remember at the time I thought, I for real thought he was the blonde one from Siegfried and Roy. <gasps> okay, I can I see that though. totally thought that when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, same hair. Yeah, same hair, same rings, costume, like sort of. Pinky yeah. rings. Yeah. yeah. But the documentary does a good job of showing all the sides to him. And it really has everything you need. Like it has humor, it has intrigue, mm. it has animation, it has scandal, it has heart, it has heartbreak. It has a really, really, really hot like living room pose show from Walter. Like at one point, he just walks around in his living room and like poses for the camera. That it's sounds a, like Netflix is doing God's work. Yeah, it's a riveting 30 seconds. Um, there's also, like, he's also gives you many, many, many hot looks. One of my favorite is it's an interview look, and he's wearing, like, um, aviator eyeglasses, and then this vest with this shirt that's super colorful, and he looks like, um, like, what's her name? Shirley Jones is Mr. Furley. Oh, it's that's a vision. Good. So uh, this so this documentary really has it all. I love his assistant, Willie Acosta. He has great lines. Walter has great lines. So I highly, highly recommend it. Um, do you know, this is off topic, but do you know who Walter Mercado always looked like to me? Was um, A star, an actual star. Yeah, a star that fell from heaven. Yes. Absolutely. No, but he looked like Earring Magic Ken. You know the Earring Magic Ken doll? Oh, Earring Magic Ken wishes. Eric, Eric. Earring Magic Ken was a basic bitch compared to Walter. I know. I'm hoping that Walter can forgive me for saying (laughs) such a, for comparing him to such a basic 
plastic doll. But I think he would understand. I mean, it's the best comparison that I can think of for what we have here on Earth. Yeah, it's true. And also, there's one other part where he never... You know, he's kind of like the Richard Simmons and the Liberace's where he never talked about, wanted to really talk about sexuality Mm -hmm. and really never came out. But they kind of talk about it in the documentary and they ask him about it. And he says something like, you know, that he doesn't really, I don't know if he says he doesn't want to make love to humans, but he says he loves to make love to nature and flowers and the universe. (laughs) So a poet. And a legend. That is. That's really, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful soul. Um, I will check that out. Eventually, I will. It's on Netflix, so it's accessible for everybody. Oh, yeah. It's free. Well, it's not free, but it's available. So, Michael, mine this week, I actually do have a television show to suggest. I'm not doing food, although the show sort of is about food sometimes. So, um, when this episode airs, it'll be on a Wednesday and it will be the the season finale of At Home with Amy Sedaris, the third season. So I am recommending the last episode, but I'm also recommending all of the third season because there's, oh, it's like a handful of episodes. It's something like 10. It's very easy to get through. Oh, 10 total? Something like five like that. each season? Oh, no, no, no. It's like 10. Oh. It's like maybe eight or 10 episodes per season. And they're like 30 minutes. They're 30 minutes. So At Home with Amy Sedaris is um, obviously, like, this is going to be the biggest dot in the world, but it is a show where she is at home. But it's like a fake, <laughs> it's a fake parody kind of, not really. It's her hosting, like, a home show with, that has, like, cooking and crafts and yeah. decorations and things like that. But that's not what it is. Every episode is really, really weird. Um, she plays... I mean, in any given season, it's like a minimum of four or five characters. Um, She's got her best friend neighbors, which are Patty Hogg, which is Amy Sedaris, and Chassie Tucker, which is Cole Cole Escola. Yes, and it's... Chassie Tucker is maybe one of my favorite TV characters I've ever seen in my life. Is she like Reba McIntyre? She looks like Reba McIntyre. Okay, she she does, except she's also like, (laughs) she's also a criminal. She's also like a recovering alcoholic, but like barely recovering. She's, Chassie's a mess, but Chassie's the, absolutely the best character. In one of the most recent episodes, um, Chassie gets mad at Amy because she won't um, give her a urine a sample so that she can pass a drug test and so then chassie gets desperate and she <laughs> steals the urine from a dog anyways it's so chassie is like a touch of um jerry blanks chassie is absolutely like a 1960s suburban jerry blank it's okay at home with amy sitters is obviously very very strangers with candy but where that was kind of like a serialized sitcom, this is more presented as like something you might see on like HGTV or the Food Network or something. Um, speaking of which, it's on True TV, which I know is not the most accessible thing for everyone because like who has True TV? But I think that Americans can have access to that a lot easier than Canadians do. What do you have to do to get it? Like I... you have to climb a mountain? Get, whisper a password yes. into a moose's ear. I drop and then it'll take you into a room and show you true TV. <laughs> I drop down onto my knees every Tuesday night and I pray to Jesus that he'll send me a new episode of At Home with Amy Sedaris. And then on Wednesday morning, I open up my... Wait, it airs on Wednesday. Okay, so on Wednesday night, I drop to my knees and I pray. And point is, it just shows up on my TV and I don't ask questions. 
<laughs> but what I'm trying to say is I'm sure that Americans will find it a lot easier to access True TV's excellent range of programming, like At Home with Amy Sedaris. Also, Amy Sedaris is a great show because it obviously films in New York because all of the special guests are very, very New York actors, like Michael Shannon and um, like Michael Stipe from R.E.M. Anyway, it's Anna Gosteyer is in one of the episodes. She plays like Amy's twin sister that's also much older than her. Anyways, it's really, really great. This season has been very funny. So I recommend people to check it out. But also the last episode is airs tonight. So why not work your way backwards, right? Like that's what you do with television sh- shows. Yeah. Or just, you know, dip in here and there. Mm-hmm. Mix mm-hmm. it up. So that ends this show. Uh, if you have any notes, you have any questions for us, whatever, you can email us at DTP at DLista.com, DTP at delisa.com and if you haven't rated or reviewed us yet please do yes till next week thank you allison goodbye michael bye